Those are great sounds back there in the back with the children. That's, that's the future of the church. Amen. It's always good to hear sounds uh, uh, like that. That's, uh, when I was pastoring in Baytown, there was a young lady that had a couple of children that was, uh, had a tendency to make uh, some noise, and she always worried about it. And I said, if that's the only thing that distracts me, then I've got no problem at all. It's a good thing. That's a good sound. <laughs> Open your Bibles, if you will, to Luke chapter 19. I want to talk about a wee little man. Who is that? That wee little man. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> we learn about that song at a very young age. Huh? I want to talk with you about the subject, uh, climb up above the crowd, climb up above the crowd. In a lot of ways, Brother Don was talking about that this morning in his, uh, uh, his Sunday school class, and, uh, and that's what God expects us to do, climb up out of the crowd. I'm glad to have my wife here with me. Uh, this morning, I had to drag her out of bed and get her up real early this morning. <laughs> Not true, you know. <laughs> but yeah, we had we had contractors at our house till late last night, but they finished the cabinets, and, uh, so we're finished except for the electrical, and <laughs> we're done. But uh, anyhow, it was, uh, they really did a great job. I want to read, start reading Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Luke chapter 19, verse 1. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was of little stature. And he ran before the clock. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be a guest with the man that is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, a half of my goods I give to the poor, and I have taken anything from any man by false accusations. I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we do bow before you today. Come thanking you in the precious name of your Son, Jesus Christ, whom all things come. We thank you for loving us, for caring about us, 
We thank you for those that have expressed special interest in our prayers. And Father, help us as your people to lift them up, not to forget about them, but to lift them up before you. Express, express an interest in a great God, a great Savior, and a great Redeemer that's able to do all things. We thank you for hearing us. We thank you for answered prayer. We thank you for those that are here today. We thank you for the visitors that may have blessed us with their presence. We thank you for each one. I thank you for the Sunday school class, and I pray that you might bless this service, that everything said and done, and every decision made might be to exalt the very name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you and we praise you in the sweet name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus passed through Jericho on the way to Jerusalem. You read some scriptures before this, you'll realize that Jesus had been talking to his disciples, his apostles, about going to Jerusalem, and there he faced death. They could never get a grip on that. They could never get a hold of that. Because it seems like so many of them was looking for a redeemer at that particular time, not in the future. But there was a man, small structure, small man, who climbed up a sycamore tree. Now, I want to get you, you to get a picture of this. You know, used to these tax collectors, the Pharisees and all, they, they, they were dressed in dresses, more or less, skirts, you might say. And I want you to get a picture of this very wealthy, wealthy man running down the street in front of everyone to climb up the sycamore tree that he may have had to climb 10 feet just grabbing a hold of it and uh, uh, climbing up that tree and then getting on a limb. Pretty miraculous when you think about it. But he climbed up that tree and he was just as lost as he could be, folks. Someone, someone gave him an interest in Jesus Christ. Someone had talked with him about a Savior. I have to think it was Matthew the Levi, but I don't know that, and there's no proof of that. But he's the only apostle or disciples that I can think of that might have had contact with Zacchaeus. But when he come down from that tree, when he climbed down that tree, when Jesus said, Come down, come down, Zacchaeus, for today, I'll go to your house. Zacchaeus come down, a changed man and a saved man. And Jesus went into that sinner's house. And he was condemned for that. But folks, I'm going to tell you something. That's how you build a church, is going into the sinner's house. And reach out to a lost and dying world with the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. One thing I've learned. There's none of us that are perfect. We have that sinful nature that we were born with, and that's never going to change until the Lord comes and delivers us from this world and sets us free from the bondage and the captivity of this sin. There's only one person 
that climbed that tree. Because Jack Zacchaeus wanted to see this man that he had heard so much about. He wanted to meet him. And I want to introduce Jesus, that man, to you today. If you don't know him, I want to introduce him to you today because he's the most important person you will ever meet in your life. There's a lot of times that we may meet important people, may consider that important, but the most important person you will ever meet, the, most, the greatest need that you will ever have is meeting that man called Jesus. And he will make a difference. He will change your life. And as we read these scriptures and look at them, you can see the radical change that took place in Zacchaeus' life. He was a man that robbed and stole from people because he was a tax collector. And yet, folks, the moment he was saved, the day he was saved, God changed his priorities. It was no longer about Zacchaeus. It was no longer about his money. But all of a sudden, it became others' money and it became the Lord's money. And may we never forget that everything that we have is because of the blessings of a righteous and holy God. The Lord is very conscious of each and every one of us as individuals. Look at these verses of Scripture. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which is chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up to a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that tree. Somehow Jesus knew that Zacchaeus was going to be up in that tree. Have you ever thought about that? Of all the people mingling around Jesus, of all the crowds of people, why would he look up in that tree because that one man was there. Do you think he was conscious of him? Of course he did. He's God. He knows everything. As he is conscious of each and every one of us. He knew Zacchaeus' name. Isn't that amazing? Of all the people around him, one man climbs up into a tree. You need to really get a picture of this in a skirt and everything else. I know as men, we don't think about wearing skirts today, but they do in some parts of the country, they wear skirts. <laughs> but this man climbed up in it, and the Lord Jesus was aware of him being up there, and he knew his name. Can I tell you something? He knows me. He knew me when I was lost, and he knew that I needed a Savior. Isn't that amazing that God would know that about me? And do you know that he knows each and every one of you as individuals? There's not anything we can do, anything that we can say, that God is not aware of it. God knows everything that goes on in our life. He knows every word that we say. He's God and he knows Everything. I'm excited that he knows my name. I'm excited 
that he has become my Savior. I'm excited that he knows each and every one of us as individual. Y'all remember the woman with the issue of blood? I'm sure y'all have heard about that woman many times. But remember the faith that she had in Jesus? She said she had had an issue of blood and she had wasted all of her substance. She had spent all of our money going to doctors and physicians and, and all of this and nobody could help her. But listen to what she said. If I could but touch, if I could but touch the hem of the garment of Jesus, I will be healed. Isn't it amazing of all the people that was crowded around him? She touched the hem of his garment and the very moment she touched the hem of his garment, she was healed and she knew it immediately she was healed. But Jesus knew it also. That virtue had gone out of him. And he said, who touched me? Everybody looked around him and thought he had lost his mind. People are all around you. People are pushing and hugging and, and touching you. And you asked who touched me? Jesus knew that virtue had gone out of him. And he looked around. And that woman knew. He knew. And she said, it was I. And he said, go. Go. Listen, folks. That's what the Lord Jesus wants us to do as his people. We are healed from all our sins and diseases and he saved us and washed our sins away. He cured us. Cured us. And then he tells us, as a church, as individuals, go to a lost and dying world. People need to hear your testimony. People need to hear how God has changed you. There's so many others. A woman at the well, and, and that's, she's one of my favorite people in the Bible. Because Jesus went out of his way. And most of the time, the Jews would go out of their way to miss Samaria. But Jesus went right through, right through. Why? Why did he do that? Because there was someone there that he knew was coming to get water at that well. And that woman come as Jesus was sitting on the corner of that well. That woman, that Samaritan woman, that sinful, ungodly woman come to that well. And Jesus said to that Samaritan woman, and this was unusual because the Jews would not even have a conversation with the Samaritans. And he said, give me the drink of that water. She said, how do you, why are you even talking with me? With me being a Samaritan and you a Jew. And they began to talk and Jesus began to talk to her. And he said, this water that you drink here, you will thirst again. But I can give you water that you will never, never thirst again. And as they talked a while, she said, give me this water. I want this water that you're talking about where you will never thirst again. 
And he said, I am the Messiah. I am the Messiah that's supposed to come and set you free from the bondage and captivity of sin. And she said, I want that water. And she received Jesus that day, that moment, as Savior of her soul. And you know what she did? She went into town, folks. And there was men that met her. And she said, come see a man that told me all things that ever I did. Isn't it amazing? The moment she met Jesus, she wanted others to know about this man called Jesus. And many people were saved because of this ungodly, sinful woman that Jesus came into her heart, saved her soul, changed her life, changed her eternal destiny forever. And she went to the very men that had come to her house and said, come see a man that told me all things that ever I did. And she went into town and multitudes others multitudes of others come to that well where Jesus was at and heard from Jesus himself and many more was saved. But you know what is so amazing about this? Where was the apostles? Where was the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ? They went in the town, but not one of them, not a one, said a word to anybody. They come back with nobody. But this sinful woman that was saved and washed in the blood of Jesus, she went out and told everyone. And many believed because of her saying, and many more come out and believe because Jesus was saying. I believe there was a revival going on there, don't you? Because of the saying of that woman. Listen, Jesus knew she was there, and Jesus knows about each and every one of us. And Jesus knows about each and every one of you and your particular needs. And he cares about you. And he wants to help you. Isn't that amazing? The Ethiopian eunuch. You know, Philip, he was probably experienced revival in Samaria where he was at. He was in a revival service. People were being saved. Lives was being changed. And that's what happens, folks. When Jesus gets involved in a church, when Jesus gets involved in our lives, people change. And Philip left that revival service and he went to the desert. Why did he go to the desert? Because there was a man that Jesus was aware of there. He was a very religious man. He was a very wealthy man. And he had been to Jerusalem to worship. Do you know that we can worship and that we can come to church? We can tithe. We can help doing this and help doing that, which is all great. There's nothing wrong with that. But that man, religious as he may have been, was going back home lost without Jesus Christ. But God sent Philip to this Ethiopian eunuch in the middle of nowhere. And this Ethiopian unit was kind of curious about Isaiah chapter 53. And he said, who is this man talking about? Is he talking about himself? Or is he talking about 
someone else. And we all know that Isaiah 53 is talking about the sacrificial death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Philip jumped up on that little uh, uh, wagon that he was on, and he began to talk to him about Jesus. And they went along a little ways, and they come to the water, and he said, What doth hinder me to be baptized? He said, If thou believest with all thine heart that Jesus is the Son of the living God, he said, I believe. And he was baptized. And notice this, folks. They went down into the water, and they come up. Complete, total immersion is the only scriptural baptism that there is in the Scripture. Total immersion. And that Ethiopian unit has a wonderful picture of that. But you know what happened? Philip went away. God took him away. And this Ethiopian unit went home rejoicing and exciting. Isn't that amazing? That God is able to do that. Went home with a message that changed his life forever. And I want to tell you something, folks. The only person the only one that can change your life forever is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one. I get excited when I think about this man called Jesus, that he's conscious of me, just like he was Zacchaeus. One of these days, the King of Kings And the Lord of Lords is going to come back. And all of us that are saved, He's going to come home. And the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, He's going to take us up out of this world. He's going to bust that eastern sky wide open. And we're going to see Him. Those that are dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to be with Him forever and ever and ever. That's pretty neat, folks. I want to tell you something else. The Lord is not only conscious of each and every one of us, but He's concerned about each and every one of us. I went up to see someone at the hospital the other day. I think Daryl and Justin had gone up there to see her also. Glad I didn't get to see her. She stayed in the hospital. I mean, in the room, so she, she didn't have to deal with me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we need to be concerned about other folks. Sometimes people ask us to pray for them. Say, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. But then we forget about it. And we don't pray for them. But we need to pray for them, don't we? Sometimes, sometimes, you know what we need to do? Listen, he was concerned about Zacchaeus. And he is concerned about each and every one of us as well. He was concerned about Ethiopian eunuch out in the middle of nowhere. He was concerned about the Samaritan woman out in the middle of nowhere. 
can I tell you something, folks? He took time from Philip in a revival to go to this Ethiopian eunuch. Prayer is something that is so very important. And I'll have to be careful. I'll get into Mike's message. Sometimes people just need to pray for you, pray for them right then and there. Right then and there. Not later. They're hurting right then and there. And maybe they just need for you to grab their hand and pray for them and pray with them right there. And that's what Maxine's daughter needed when I was there visiting with her. Before I left, she just grabbed my hand and we just had prayer right there. She didn't need to know that I was going to do it later. Right then and there. And sometimes that's what we need to do. Just grab people's hands and their heart and pray for them right then and there. Not wait later on. Listen, he is concerned about us. And we need to show that same concern to others, to a lost and dying world. They need to know that we care. And they need to know and they need to hear that Jesus cares. Listen, folks. He didn't come to live and to die and to suffer the way that he suffered on that cross at Calvary. So that we could just go on and live like we want to. He come and he lived and he died and he was crucified on that cross at Calvary. So when we receive him as Savior of your soul, it would change our life. It would change everything about us and everything that we do. Our priorities, he would change that. All of it, he would do that. Why would he do that? He's God. And you know something, folks? He loves you. He loves you more than life itself. And I know I told you this before, and I, I told my grandson, I went over there uh, last week, and I said, Cody, God knows. I know how much God loves you. And no one will ever love you like God loves you. But Grandpa loves you so much. So much. Just don't understand, folks, how you love your children, how you love your grandchildren, how God loves you so much more. No way you can put a price tag on what God does for you and how much God loves you. There's just no price tag there. But he also calls us as individual. He called me as an individual to be saved. He called me as an individual to preach the glorious gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He called me to do different things maybe that others are not able to do. But he called you as an individual to be saved. He called you as an individual to do different things for the cause of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Every one of us 
has a talent. And I know some of you can cook. That's a great talent. Enjoy that. I ate oatmeal this morning before I left, and but that stuff looked so good I couldn't turn it away. But God wants us to be separate from the world, folks. People need to recognize that we are different. I know when I, I used to work as a pipe fitter at times on these different jobs and I'd have a welders and helpers working with me and everything. And uh, uh, a lot of times I never told them that I was a preacher and I was a pastor. And said, but after a while they would say, are you a preacher? And I said, I am. <laughs> but do you know that all of us are? We're all preachers. And God wants us to preach the glorious gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we need to do it with our lives. The life that we live. He knows all about you, folks. He knows about your life. He knows about your struggles. He knows about your sickness. He knows about your hard times. He knows everything about you. Nothing goes unnoticed by our Savior. And He wants to help you. He wants to help you. More than anybody else. He wants to help you. The Bible says this. There's going to be a day that every knee shall bow. You understand that? There's a lot of religions today, folks. A lot of people that's trying to work, wipe out Christianity. And there's a lot of Christians that's given their lives in different parts of the world. I mean, literally, their families are being massacred. That they are being massacred all over this world. But they don't compromise and they don't give in. But one of these days, every knee, every knee shall bow before the Lord Jesus Christ. Someone may say, I will never bow. Yes, you will. You will bow before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Every knee shall bow. He said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 10, everyone will be accountable for what he does as an individual. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Individually, individually, we will give an account to a righteous and holy God. Listen, folks. God wants you to be faithful. Do you know that is one of the most important commands that he gives his people? That you be found faithful to who? To the Lord Jesus Christ. And if this is his church, if this is his church, been bought and paid for by the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is His church. Bought and paid for. And if we're faithful to Him, then we will be faithful to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and to the church of our membership. And if you're not a member here, it's a good place to start. We 
won't be responsible for each other, but we will be responsible for ourselves. And folks, listen, we need to share with one another. We need to care about one another. My wife and I went over to our neighbor's house yesterday, and she anointed me with oil. Literally anointed me with oil. Well, she did. I guess I did that myself. But it was her container that I spilled oil all over me. <laughs> I closed my shoes, and my wife said, just go take them off and throw them away. I'm not washing them. And I tried to get them to reimburse me for all that. And no, they're not reversing me for anything. Listen, folks. Our God has given so much to us. He's done so much for each and every one of us. We shouldn't be content with just being an average child of God. But what we should do is try to be faithful to a righteous and holy God that knows all about you and wants to do so much for you and wants to do so much through you as an individual. I do not believe that any of us, many of us, has reached to a point and place in our life that we can quit and think that we have done enough and to think that we have done our share. It's never enough until they are throwing dirt on our face in the grave that we can quit and give up on the Lord Jesus Christ, on the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, and on His people. They deserve better than that. And we need to reach out to those that are lost. We need to reach out to one another. Look around, folks. There's people that's sick that's not here today. And maybe there are some that's just not here. And you know what we ought to be doing? Contacting them. Calling them. I had the privilege of meeting Brother Bill's daughter Friday night and Sister Karen's husband. I hadn't met them before, but it was a joy and privilege to... Uh, I think I got the names right. Is that right? Bill, Karen, and your husband's name was John? I can't remember Brother Bill's daughter's name. What's her name? Huh? Julie. Julie. But also, thank you. I was told to say thank you for coming over Friday night. He said, you have no idea, no idea how much that meant to him to see that van pull up in that driveway Friday night. Someone loves you. Someone still cares about you. Someone is still praying for you. The Lord Jesus Christ, but your former pastor as well, cares about you. But the Lord Jesus cares about each and every one. Listen, Apostle Paul was the greatest missionary there ever was. And yet he was not satisfied. When God saved him on the road to Damascus, 
God set him free from the life of sin and corruption. He set him free. And Apostle Paul was not satisfied until he ended his life with his service to God. On and on and on, he prayed, he visited, he witnessed, and he suffered for the cause of Christ because he loved his, God's people and he loved the Lord's church just as Jesus and more so. God loves each and every one of you. And I want you to know that more than anything else. There's no room for quitting. There's no room for get, giving up. There's no room for depression because we've got it better than most people ever dreamed about, folks. Cold weather. You know what we did? Brother Don comes. You know what we did? We stayed in a house where it was warm. If we didn't stay in a house in all these 20 degree weathers, we, we went straight to the car and got it warmed up before we went anywhere. And you know what? Most people don't have that privilege. Do you know how many people in this world, most of them walks miles and miles and miles to get to church? country we live in, it's too much trouble to drive a few miles to come to the house of the Lord. God knows about his folks. God knew about Zacchaeus. And he knows about you. And I don't know if you're saved or lost here today. Nor does anyone else. Only God knows your heart. But if you're lost, I'm going to tell you something. God loves you. And he died for you. And he wants you to sit, he wants to set you free and give you a home in heaven. No longer have to worry about the pits of hell, but only going to heaven to an eternal home. And it's free. No charge. No charge. All these contractors that's been coming to my house, none of them said, free, Mr. Paul, no charge. But God said that. And he's saying that to you. If you're saved, you're looking for a church home, then this is a good place to start. This morning as we stand, we prepare this song of invitation. You've got decisions to make. If you're lost, there's only one decision. And that's to trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. If you're saved, you're part of this church, then call someone this week. Make an effort. Make an effort to be different. To be different. Because we are different, folks. We are different. What are we saying about God? Let's thank four more three. Oh, that kiss. Before he was saved, he just took place to everybody.